This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. There is one university that stands out in equine education. From its 200-acre campus in the heart of horse country, Midway University provides hands-on training to undergraduate students and offers programs in equine management, rehabilitation, and pre-veterinary science. For athletes, Midway provides scholarship opportunities on its hunt seat and Western equestrian teams. Now, for the first time, Midway is offering an online equine business and sales degree and an advanced equine MBA degree for students anywhere. Find out more at midway.edu. Welcome back to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and hopefully you've been following along. We're into our 70s now as far as episodes go, so we're we're pretty excited by that. We've surpassed uh, 10,000 downloads, so thank you to all of you for all of your listens. And I have been talking to collegiate coaches and riders and organizations. And today I am happy to have with me Heath Gunnison, who is entering his fifth season as the head coach of the Midway University equestrian team. In his first season, five years ago, he led the team to the high point team in the region He grew up in Benson, Vermont, and he enjoyed a successful riding career. He won multiple national and world Appaloosa championships in working hunter divisions, and also was the Kentucky Quarter Horse Association year-end high point winner. He got his start in the horse industry when he worked as an apprentice for Dave and Kim Moore in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for nine years. While there, he showed hunters and rainers and handled all other aspects of an assistant trainer, including instructing riders and clients. And then he moved on to Midway, and he was the head trainer there since 2014, and then became the head coach. So uh, welcome, Heath, to the podcast. Hi, Sally. Thank you for having me. And... uh, I'm assuming is Midway University in Midway, Kentucky? Yes, it is. Okay. So let's start out. I always like to uh, find out because I'm I'm curious. I want to know how uh, my interviewees uh, got started riding. So, so talk about growing up in Benson, Vermont. Where exactly is that? I'm in New Hampshire, but... Uh, talk about where that is and how you started riding and do you come from a horsey family just start from the beginning and then also talk about your uh if you went to college your career or if you didn't how you got into training sure so i was raised in benson vermont and came from a horsey family okay Uh, all that i knew growing up it's one of those things i had started uh, you know, with my own pony and everything, I even kind of knew what I was doing. Uh, my mom rodeoed and my dad didn't ride himself, uh, but once in a while, but was always very supportive 
of both my mother and I. Um, and that's originally, I was born in New Hampshire. We lived in Maine and that's where we had horses there, wherever we've lived. We've always had the horses right there. You, you are so lucky. So many coaches are like, I had to beg my parents. I, I had to, too. Yes. And that's why I always, I don't feel like I ever took it for granted, but yeah. I do, you know, it, it's interesting to hear for those that didn't have it right there, you know, at their hands every day. And I right. could just walk out into the barn and it's, right. it's a lot of, you know, afternoons, evenings, riding, taking care of our horses and yeah. just grew up doing that and started uh, the in Vermont started in 4-H and doing open shows and while well, my mom continued to rodeo and again my dad would travel with us and always a great uh, supportive parent uh, and from there I started to break away from the open horse shows a little bit more and started to go to do the breed shows a little bit and from there I think I had done so much with the horse shows and my mom had always barrel raced. And so I started to pick that up a little bit. And it was just at the time that the National Barrel Horse Association had started. And so for my teen years through high school, I did a lot of barrel racing. Um, and right at the end of high school, after graduating, I started working at a a place called Mountaintop Inn as an instructor and a sure. trainer. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, from there, I I did go to college for a year in Texas. Okay. And it, at the time, just wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, so I went back home to Vermont and kind of hung out for a little bit and figured, well, I need to do something. So uh I had a friend that was working as a working student at a Tatra farm in uh, near Clinton Corners, New York. Okay. And so I went there for that next winter. And um, while the owners and trainers went to Florida and continued to stay on there um, for about maybe another year or so working up as the uh, as a farm manager uh and there they had a lot of young horses so i would start the young horses get to school some of the upper level horses so um, let, let me interrupt you for a minute did you grow yeah. up starting horses like did you did you already know how to do that or was it on the job training type thing i we had a couple of our own young horses my mom and i that i had started um, or I, I went and rode with a couple of trainers, sometimes like on spring break and stuff like that. Um, I would go to the trainers and there I, as a teenager, learned how to start the young horses. Um, and so once I, uh, once I finished about a year there, I went to groom for Ann Krasinski and. Oh, Wow. Uh, at Market Street for yeah. about another year, which was fascinating, incredible experience. You, you can't beat that, right? For a top Olympic level. I can't even imagine. No, it was great. And that's one of the horses that I cared for daily was her uh, Olympic silver medal mount 
um, Eros. Uh, really? At the same time, I also, uh, Hoffy at the time had a confirmation hunter that Scott Stewart and Anne even showed some herself. So just to see two totally different sides of the hunter jumper industry yeah. with those two horses, which were such top athletes and in, in their own um, world. So to be able to get that, and that was really eye-opening because I had not had at the time much experience with the hunters and jumpers. Right. Uh, I had seen a little bit already working at uh, Tatra Farm with Pavel Bajo and Pat Garthwaite. Um, and it, it was something, and that's why I decided I wanted to go on and, and groom some more and went down. And when I started with Anne, it was right at the start of WEF. Um, and so again, very like culture shock, eye-opening, yeah. just jumped in there and started to go. And, uh, and for our listeners, that's the, the winter equestrian festival yes. in Florida every yeah. winter. So, um, and learned, uh, just learned so much. Um, and you know, there's the, even back then, and that's what I try and tell our students is there's so many important things to learn, you know, at that level. And in your younger years that there's things that I carry over day to day in my career now. That's Uh, amazing. And so I spent a year there and I had always had a unique, well-rounded background with Western and doing some unseat stuff in 4-H and the open shows. And I wanted to get back to that. And I knew that there wasn't a lot of places out there in which I would be able to do that. So... I, at the time, I don't even remember the agency, but I put an ad in with an equine employment agency and ended up coming across uh, Dave and Kim Moore from Southwest Ranches, Florida. And I drove down there and spent a week with them, um, maybe even a little bit longer, I think. And decided to take the job and drove back home, packed up all my stuff and went down there and spent 10 years working for them. Um, And again, it was just another great experience at the time. Kim was still had clientele with um, the hunters. They had also uh, added several, you know, warm bloods and thoroughbreds and doing some of the rated shows uh, along with the apps. And Dave had just started at the time to get away from the Western all-around horses and was switching over to just all rainers. And oh, okay. I got my career started as far as a professional rider with them. And then, but continued, you know, starting a lot of young horses um, for all disciplines, all breeds. Uh, We would work with several, you know, problem horses and get them figured out uh, for clients. Um, And it it was just, again, in that area too, uh, you could see so many different things and I got to travel a lot. Right. Uh, 
And, you know, there were times where they'd say, okay, you're, you know, you have it all under control. We're going to go over here, but you're good to take the truck trailer clients horses and go to a horse show this weekend. And along there, that's where I started to teach lessons on the side. And um, both of them were two uh, such really good instructors. I was able to learn a lot and just in their different ways, you know, two people that were very different, but the way that it all came together was a, a great experience. Wow. So, so I'll bet just, just thinking a working student for Ann Krasinski and then this, this job that you did in Florida, long days. I'm yes. Guessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Not a lot of time off. <laughs> Not a lot of time off. I was um, I was lucky at, at Dave and Kim's. I did get two days off a week unless if we were at horse shows or something. Wow. Like that. Um, which I know isn't really common in the industry, but um, they really did well. And yeah, it was actually it was nice to be able to get that rest in. And but. I always seem to make up for it, you know, from sunup to sundown. Yeah. So then what led you to Midway? Uh, what led me to Midway was I had moved to Michigan for a little bit. And then uh, from Michigan, I moved here to Lexington. And at the time when I had left Dave and Kim's, I was uh, then at the time helping Dave train and show the rainers uh we had done let go of the hunter clientele okay Uh, so we were doing the all rainers and when i came down here after a little while i started working at uh raining farm and then i started i was having to travel a lot back and forth each day and it was starting uh to just be a lot in general. And so, and I had wanted to work on building up my own clientele at the time. So I had a couple lesson horses and was doing that. Um, But then came across uh, the position here at Midway, because at the time while I was trying to build up my own lesson program, I had a job, but it wasn't in the horse industry a few months. And then I saw the position here at Midway, and at the time it wasn't the coaching position, but the her manager and taking care of the horses. And uh, I would work with the students on the team with the horses outside of their regular practices. Uh, so I'm going on my eighth year here. And again, each year, the more I do it, the more I enjoy it. And especially right. taking over the coaching position, um and it's nice to be able to see uh you know just the the way that I've tried to mold and change some but learn some new things as far as you know how I teach and instruct and you know again this is we're lucky to be in an industry where you just you never stopped learning right right new every day right right the nice thing about, and, and I've talked about this throughout my podcast, the beauty of teaching in a college or university is 
it is a little more steady as far as your hours. You know what they're going to be. Yes. You know that you're going to get some time off. Like yes. in, in boom times, maybe you won't make that extra money. But in down times, such as COVID, you have a guaranteed <laughs> paycheck. Sure. So there yes. are so many. Plus, you know, I was at Dartmouth for 30 years. I have retirement. I have full medical benefits. You know, there's all kinds of things that that uh, I, I got my master's degree while I worked at Centenary. So all of those things about working at a, at a college are fantastic. And that is one of the perks for me and why I started here and accepted the position was I had, uh, like I said, I had gone to college for a year, realized that wasn't my thing. And part of the benefits uh, of being employed here is the, staff tuition remission in which you get to right. work degree so this past may uh it took me a couple years extra or longer than i originally anticipated but this past year in may i did graduate with my uh bachelor's in business administration awesome here next week when school starts i'll work on my master's for an mba Oh, that's great. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw your graduation pictures on Facebook. Yeah. You look yeah. so happy. <laughs> it was it was one of those things that really was once you get it done, it is it's such a relief. And I why well, went a little bit further with it was at the time I could have graduated back in 2020, but there were so many uncertainties and uh you know it was gonna my parents weren't going to be able to travel. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, especially here with not knowing what was going on for so right. long, you know, the graduate ceremony that there, that we were able to hold here for the students graduating at that time had to be very minimal. And so knowing that my parents couldn't attend and they of course have just been such a big part of my life and right. aspects and so supportive uh, I really wanted to wait until I could graduate and have them be there. So that right. was the uh, icing on the cake was to right. have them. Okay. That's great. So, yeah. so start telling our listeners about Midway, talk about the equestrian teams uh, and talk about if you, you have a equine degree, just kind of talk a little bit about everything where, where is the facility? Is it right on campus? Just kind of everything. If you were just going to some high school open house and talking about the programs, just tell us everything. Sure. So we're really fortunate that our equine uh, facility is right on campus. Uh, I think when the students that live on campus walk out of their dorm room, they can be to any of our barns uh, within five minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, walking distance uh and the exciting thing this year is we will still have the same amount of stalls but we've relocated and built a new barn uh here on the property this year closer to the arena that we use for riding and hosting the horse shows uh we'll still have another barn on main campus side uh, but it's also the location is great because we are right in the middle of 
horse country of yeah. the horse capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, and that's at, at one point in time for me, I, there was going to be an option on the table um, where I was maybe going to be able to find something work-wise outside of here, but I really just enjoyed and fell in love with the area. And again, there's, you know, so many things horse-wise to do here. And it's not just, uh, of course, you think thoroughbreds when you think of Lexington, Kentucky, but mm-hmm. it's not just the thoroughbreds. And there's so much with the hunters and jumpers and quarter horses uh, and the Western side of things and saddlebreds and, right. you know, everything that you want horse-wise is right here. And, you know, a lot of the bigger associations, all that are based out of the horse park. Uh, so that's all right in our backyard with Midway. We are located, and that's why how it made, the town of Midway got its name was, uh, it's Midway in between Lexington and Frankfurt. And so we are 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes from the horse park. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe again, 15 minutes from Keeneland. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, several of the vet hospitals, Haggard's, Root and Riddle um, parks are all here in this area. Uh, again, it, it's an incredible area. And so for our program, we have three different tracks that the students can choose from or major in, which some of them double major as well. And we have our equine uh, management. We also have our rehabilitation and we also have our pre-vet or pre-equine um, and have had several uh, students graduate and go on to vet schools such as Auburn and some of the bigger ones. And uh, again, though, with especially in this area that where we're really lucky, so students like that that are interested in the veterinary side of things or the equine science they get to, before they even go on out into the world, they get to see so many different things. Right, right. Horses, breeds of horses that they may not get to see elsewhere. And I have a lot of ours, um, like not just on my team, but in our program that get to ride with vets um, and intern throughout the season. And uh, the nice thing too, is we also have two big rehabilitation centers here um, in Lexington, one being Kesmark and the other being Spico. Uh, actually, my grad assistant had worked at Spicoast in the rehabilitation center in which she graduated from our program here in the rehabilitation. And she'll go back there when she's finishes her master's. Um, and it, it's with those three, again, some of the students double major, uh, which again, you know, all that information they can walk here out, walk right. out here with, that's our goal. And, you know, the, as much, not just knowledge, but experience and hands-on experience that they can get uh, is just going to make it better and better for them. Right. So 
again, it's the opportunity here is uh, incredible that once they graduate, you know, there's so many job offerings and listings and postings and not something just as far as cleaning stalls and right. the hands-on. There's, uh, if you go to the employment page of the Kentucky Horse Council, there's a list that just goes on and on and on of maybe hundreds of jobs all related to equine, but so many different things. Right. So how many horses do you have? And um, talk about your teams. Do, do they have to be majors? How, how do your teams work? So our teams work in that they do not have to be equine majors. Okay. We have a good number of students, of course, that are equine majors and on the teams. We do have our Huntsy team and our Western team. Uh, we have up to uh, enough room for up to 34 horses. Uh, and I think right now with at the start of the season, our first day of school is next Monday, the 22nd. Right now we're at 32 horses uh, on property. And so uh, we, again, don't require them. And we have several different uh, other programs here, such as our nursing's a big program, uh, business, marketing, communications, and sports management. So I have, I get several students outside of the equine program that are on the teams and, you know, maybe want to do something a little bit different with their degrees. Uh, and we don't have, uh, well, we don't have to where I know one of your questions is they have no expenses to be on the team. So we're not a club sport. We are a varsity sport. Great. And, uh, everything's funded. They are responsible for their own show apparel, which a majority of the riders already have prior to coming in. Right. Changed to that a few years ago. And I think it's made a big difference. Uh, our our program in general has grown and actually along with the three programs that I listed I did forget it was just released uh, in starting this semester um, it, it's going to be online is the equine business and sales degree wow uh, what's that well that's just starting and there, it's different uh, areas of the industry as far as more, again, the business side of it, the management side of it, um, you know, the ins and outs, the do's and the don'ts of marketing and sales and communication and all the, the business related that they have several of those classes already for the equine students, especially and the management, but I think this takes it even further. Yeah. And, you know, again, there's several, several out there that maybe don't want to do the hands-on with the horses, but here they're still able to get that background and get the right. base knowledge, uh, but they're able to then move into more of the administration side and or, you know, if they're going to do something as far as their own business, then right. they're able to have 
that knowledge and experience as well, which again, just makes it stronger for them. Right. And going back to the teams, how many are on the teams and um, do they have to try out? So uh, again, part of our growth here has been when I first started with the team, there was about 14, it was right at 14. And this year, looking at the numbers, I think I'll be anywhere around 30 to 33. That's on so, both both teams or just the hunter seat? Just the hunter seat. Wow. Our Western team will, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think uh, Connor Smith, our Western coach, will have his team at around uh, the mid-20s this year. Okay. Maybe. So, um uh, again, we have it. And of course, with IHSA, we all know that there's such an opportunity there for students from walk trot that have very little experience up to the open right. open right. fences. So there are tryouts. Um, I wouldn't say that mine's always the traditional uh, tryouts where everybody comes in in a couple of days rides and um, because we also offer athletic scholarships along with academic scholarships. So students will receive athletic scholarships for being on the team. Nice. Uh, and another big part, I think that's helped our growth here. Right. Uh, and so with that, you know, they want, well, uh, I, I, pretty much have it to where the returners don't, um, I, I sign them back for the next year. And then right. incoming students then um, will go through a tryout process, I, if more so because I don't get a lot of upper levels um, from the limit and up. I still have them ride for me, but those I will usually add uh, sooner. Right. Um, as when you get more of the pre-novice and the novice divisions, um, I have where it'll be a small tryout process uh, for them at the beginning of the year because there's going to be more of them and I can see them together. Right. And do you host uh, IHSA competitions at Midway? We do, yes. And this year we have it set up to where the our our hunter seat will be in the fall, um, in November, and the Western will be in uh, the end of January, the last okay. weekend. And then, to we're still waiting to see, but uh, last year we hosted regionals, and we'll see if we host regionals this year, if it goes to one of the other schools. Right. Uh, so, and that's last year we did um uh, our western show our hunt seat show and hosted regionals all in the spring semester yeah uh, also know the spring semester goes by fairly fast because you're trying right. to get shown and qualified and on the regional zones and nationals so everything in the spring happens uh pretty quick and right. so we went ahead and broke them up to have one and one uh during the one during the fall semester, one during the spring semester, so that we weren't all just going nonstop. 
Right. And IHSA Nationals in 23 are back in Lexington, right? At the horse park? Yes. And we're super excited to have that right in our backyard. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's a great, fun horse show. But uh, since it had moved to several other venues um, and not been here for the past two years, it'll be great to have it back and right, right here in the backyard. And you'll be taking horses, I assume. Yes, I've already for myself started to look at my list to see which ones can most likely go and uh, be used and help the riders be competitive. Right. And what other schools are in your region? You don't have to list them all, just generally. Uh, Generally, we have uh, Miami of Ohio, University of Kentucky, University of Louisville, uh Xavier Moorhead uh Cincinnati okay and NKU oh great uh, yeah so we have a, a good number and it's a it's a competitive group and yeah you know we also know with I to say that it's not always just the larger teams but you see some of the smaller teams in the region that are still very competitive you know you yeah. can fill those spots with all your point riders you yep. can still get in there with a fairly big team so right right so as we wind down here Heath, um tell our listeners a little bit about what you like to do outside of courses what else do you <laughs> what what are your other interests uh that's that's a really good question that i this was the question that i probably had to think about the most <laughs> right when you sent me the the questions that you would be asking, and it made me think of that meme on social media of a hundred equestrians were asked what they did in their spare time, and ninety five didn't understand the question. And I would, <laughs> uh, um, I, you know, again, they're especially having just finished up school, but getting ready to start back and showing. And I do teach a few lessons outside of you know, my regular work. And I also braid and body clip and pull manes on the side. And wow. So there's, there's not a whole lot of free time outside of horses, but the most important thing is uh, to try and, you know, get together with friends and dinner, different things like that. Try and every once in a while, make it to movies or a have several places in the area that's always nice to take in a good theater show just different things like that spending time with our with our dogs in the household and right just trying to do yeah just try something to refresh your soul sometimes we get into the grind of course my daughter even said to me the other day she said, because I, I am an entrepreneur, so I have all these different things going on sure. and, and and I'm talking, my daughter works for me and I'm talking to her for like an hour. And she said, mom, aren't you going out on the boat with your friends? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's even out our, our, you know, work, personal life balance here, hang up right. the phone and get yeah. out on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, you do. Sometimes you just have to turn it off. And- right and pick back up the next day you know and um and and, but I think that's 
you know, too, we like for us, uh, we kind of get spoiled with all that we have. And fortunately for us with the area that we're in, you know, we don't have to travel quite as much. Right. Uh, that's where sometimes I think it can get hard to be with all the traveling that's involved to go and do this. So right. sometimes right. we're lucky here that, you know, for what some people have to travel almost a day, we have right in our backyard. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heath. Thank you for spending this time telling our listeners about you and about the Midway University equestrian teams. Want to ride like a varsity athlete? Sally Batten's book, The Athletic Equestrian, is now available to order. Whether competing in the show ring or riding at home on the trail, every rider wants to be more secure and balanced in the saddle and effective with their aids. This innovative guide uses highly effective exercises honed over Coach Sally's 35-year coaching career to develop your athleticism on horseback. This proven rider training system will sharpen position and vastly improve your skills in the saddle. Order now at www.athleticequestrian.com. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher. <laughs>